Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Scala. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance. We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always. We release new episodes every Tuesday. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. I'm back, baby. <laughs> How you doing, Mim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feeling um, better? Yeah, all good, all good. Calm nice down. to have you back. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot has gone on in the world. A lot has gone on in the world, and I is it today as of date of recording? Is it sort of? We're embarking on the 70th year of the Queen's reign and and sort of good wishes have started to be sent. To the Queen? Mm. I think... Charlie has started with like a little statement about it. Yeah, well, you know how you got to drag it out for the whole year? Yeah, it it started. Yeah, and uh, you say that... Do you think Boris has invited them to start this early? as a distraction yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I I had I've had about five news notifications about the royal family in the past two days so you know so people are looking forward to that extra bank holiday day this year remember it's going to be like a I don't know my work aren't definitely going to give it to us yeah 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 the queen uh, Queen no no my work may not give it to us no that's a joke come on the queen's only it is sandwiched between an official bank holiday and a friday and the weekend it's a friday that's the point you're supposed to bridge he's checking if legally we have to oh your boss is a joke i mean i'm sure we'll have it but the i the fact that that's been going on is upsetting but I, I'm telling you now, I'm going to act like the most patriotic person alive if that doesn't happen and say I've got to go to Buckingham Palace and salute her. Yeah, of course. Um, don't get me wrong, I think the Queen's great. Um, little old lady, don't really know what she does, but good for her. I don't think I'll get it because I don't really get bank holidays. Yeah. But I do want everyone else in, yeah. in the Commonwealth. And you know what? I remember her, was it her Golden Jubilee? 
And I, I remember a lot of the Jubilees. Like I, I can, I mean, not many of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> only every 10 years. Yeah. I remember, is Platinum 60? I thought Platinum was this one. What's 60? Ruby. Diamonds. Hold on, no. Well, Ru- it's Ruby for wedding anniversary. No, it's not. Is it all the same thing, though? I Queen? don't, actually, it's not because I thought, Ruby's 40, Golden's 50, must be must have been diamond before. This is platinum. I rem- I do remember the golden and the platinum jubilee. The one before was sapphire. Oh. I don't even, that went over my head. What do you I mean? But is that, is, what, 60 is sapphire? Yeah, I guess so. But like there was, there was the big concert. Mm-hmm. That Gary Barlow organised. Was that 10 years ago? I think that was 20 years ago, if I'm honest. No, it wasn't. No. No, because 50 years is a bigger deal than 60 years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember being in Hyde Park with my school friends. This is before we met. Oh. Because we were only 10. Because <laughs> there exists a time. I know. Um, only 10 years. Um, and there was someone, like, doing this, like, um sound on this like glass bowl oh where they they take out the little like there was like yeah that you like almost like you know when you like just wet your finger and do it on a wine glass but someone doing it with this giant glass bowl in the like center of Hyde Park which was very bohemian um but I think I think we may digress um um, really quickly on the on the topic that's not related to our podcast, but the Queen's Jubilee um, announcement today that the Queen would like Camilla to be referred to as the Queen's consort. How do you feel about that over Diane's body? So that was so the uh, when they got married. Yeah, because lest I forget to add as I always do that was on my birthday I couldn't do a single damn thing that day I say this because if you're born on my birthday it was also the queen mum's funeral and everything got closed that day as well it was a terrible time um but they got and they got married in Windsor yeah the one rule was that she would not become queen consort Mm mm-hmm and like, I think it's it's very nice that she has reversed that. I don't think so. I think it, and Camilla. Let's what? be let's be honest. We need any headline we can get to take some heat off of Andy. That's honestly they're working overtime for this. They're but. working overtime, and the Queen has probably said over my dead body, but Andy's indiscretions of. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's a bit weird, but I also think theoretically it's a reflection on times have changed and a lot of families do come from sort of have divorce in there and all of the rest of it. I think it's less about the divorce and more about the blatant infidelity <laughs> throughout. Both oh, for sure. But they have also been now together that entire time. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, when Charles becomes, I hope I just, you know what? I just hope she's not my queen for long. Is that blasphemy? 
what's your fashion story? <laughs> <laughs> fashion story is about advertising a little bit fashion advertising um so on socials um I've been seeing a couple of adverts Balenciaga adverts and the first one which is weird in itself not the sponsored posts like they've almost got like a new campaign Mm. campaign and the first one I saw is a post that was captioned Kim for Balenciaga and it was Kimberly Kardashian lying down in her cat suit with their new life. I knew there had to be a reason behind this bloody Batman situation. Yeah, but you know, and she is, it's a really simple video and she's just lying down and she's, she's almost like struggling to pick up this bag. Not intentionally. She just looks like she's having a hard time modeling. <laughs> Throw that shade. <laughs> Lying down, she just picks up the bag and she just does a little pose thing. It's a rubbish advert. And I thought, oh, you know what? They've been sponsoring her for a long time and she's been wearing their stuff. It's a little partnership, not surprised. But then today I saw a post and it was Justin for Balenciaga. And it's Justin Bieber dressed in Balenciaga like sneakers and hoodie and whatnot in the studio. And he was in their last campaign, actually, come to think of it. Mm. Which was quite unusual. I don't really see him as a Balenciaga guy. Yeah, I think we talked about this last time. Mm. Um, And I thought, wow, their adverts are really boring. Like, what? And would have cost a lot of money. So much money. And then it got me thinking, fashion adverts are a waste of money and time. They are so (laughs) bad. And there's an advert, it's a Lancome, it's not fashion, it's makeup, but it's a Lancome advert for their perfume Idol. And it's got Zendaya in it. And every time it comes on, I think, oh God, this is so shit and vacuous. And it's basically like, you've seen it. She's in this pink dress and there's all these other models. And and they're like dressed in pink. And it's very like Kendall for that Pepsi ad. Whereas like a lot of, words that are being said but the words don't really mean much Mm. those I am I will together we can something like something like that and you're like what does this even mean what can we do what will you be huh (laughs) and I just thought to myself like why do these fashion companies and these makeup companies even bother with these adverts because when I see them my brain just like skips glances over them I don't even give them any attention because they are so boring yeah and you know what their most powerful tool whether we want it to be or not is influencers Mm. and they all get paid so like I think what was it I think it's Anastasia Beverly Hills mainly known for their eyebrow products has launched lip products and an influence that I follow in the throw Victoria McGrath McGrath I think so and um, posted the most beautiful campaign 
So her husband works for her and is sort of a photographer, was into animation, very creative. And it is one of the best beauty campaigns I may have ever seen. I have to watch that. It's like, I'll I'll send it to you and we can maybe post it. Well, not post it, but link to it or add it to our story or something. Mm. Um, It's just, it's a really, just like one sort of, it's like a dark room and sort of one spotlight of natural light and very zoomed in. Like you could see the peach fuzz on her face, Mm. which A, I'm just glad that's even there as well. Like it's not, it's and it's just her applying the lip liner and her lipstick but it's just really beautifully shot clearly on a really beautiful quality camera way better now than any advert you would see Mm. I do not need to see another mascara advert where it's got the asterisk basically claiming (laughs) obviously this isn't the effects of the mascara because we've got false lashes or whatever I don't need to see that one more time. And I think that actually the influencers who are worth it will make it worth it for the money you're going to pay them to advertise it is how I see it. Yeah. I mean, and also what, what they do so well is you see the product in action and you see it over a period of time. That's all we want in a number of scenarios and for a number of occasions. And that's when you think, oh, this is something that could work for me genuinely. Or, oh, that bag, at first I didn't really like it because I didn't really know how to style it. But yeah. now I'm X, Y, Z person with this bag and they've actually convinced me that it could work in different scenarios. I might go and get it. Something that kind of puts the product to the test and not these like vacuous like phrases which don't make any sense Mm. or or, like these two models trying to be sexy in a fragrance ad or it's just I think we've moved away from it's funny because we talk a lot about aspirational fashion Mm. but that's not the kind of aspirational fashion I look for or long that doesn't relate to me I aspire to someone that you connect with. We've said it time and time again on Instagram, you follow certain people where you either want their style or you have a similar style, or you have a similar body shape and they are your inspiration. And so that's what I mean by aspirational, but I don't need, I don't need the, what marketing companies think that you need. You want that person to style the bag 10 different ways and you're like hang on that's actually kind of how I dress do I want that bag or I love this person's style so much that I trust that if they're choosing this bag that's kind of where life is going that you want to see it in use you want to see and you can check with your favorite influencers she actually has been wearing that foundation every time she's done a makeup tutorial the last two months Mm-hmm. so she must like it yeah and also we've talked about how what's the relevance of haute couture and things in fashion yeah and I think that this is where it it makes its case because these really big high-end fashion brands I don't need sponsored posts I yeah. don't need like 
these really basic photo shoots of whatever what makes you want to buy into the brand is when you see them at their best yeah buy into that glamour or you want to buy into that that wealthy lifestyle in some mm. see their haute couture shows and you're like oh my god that's amazing but I'm yeah afford this ten thousand pound dress or coat or whatever so then you look at their main yeah and that's the best way to do it not yeah all these other stuff I just don't think is necessary or relevant to us as consumers anymore so Mm. true anyway times are changing yeah what is your fashion story well speaking about times are changing we discussed this and I haven't been able to do the maths properly but I think the Met Gala was in October right Oh, oh, maybe, yeah. And the whispers were that Riri, Miss Rihanna herself, was potentially pregnant then because um, because of what she wore, the sleeping bag, the blanket, whatever it was. And it appears she probably was, because she's pretty pregnant now. But she wouldn't have been necessarily showing then but we don't know how far along she is, but she has got a bump. Yeah, I don't think she would have... She couldn't have worn something tight. No way. Yeah. Um, so she has got a real bump. Mm. She had a very... What I can only describe as a very stunted photo opportunity. <laughs> because her... If you haven't seen the pictures and you've been living under a rock... Her and ASAP, Miranda's favorite person. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. M- Mim does not approve of ASAP for Riri. No, no, not for her. No, I don't. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, so they are walking the streets, I think, of New York, um, minus degrees. It yeah. is it's pretty much snowing outside, and she is walking with um sort of flared or loose boot cut jeans with holes at the knees and then just wearing this long pink vintage chanel coat half buttoned just past her breasts to just release the bump with this heavy jewelry this sort of a beautiful rosary cross that looks very tudor Mm. and just walking through the streets of new york as you do um yeah 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 I um so the queen is having a baby (laughs) I think yeah the the photo shoot was stunted it's like oh my god your baby must be so cold right now put the bump away yeah I was grateful for the fact that we did not get a stereotypical cliche Uh, yeah it's the announcement post because I hate them I'm really sorry guys out there I hate uh baby showers gender reveals half naked pictures I will I will be taking some half naked pictures of myself but not for general consumption I was gonna say like are you gonna post on Instagram because I will bully you I I just think actually I'd want to document it it's one of those things where you look back in sort of 20 years and you think wow my body once looked like that I sort of just want like some like silhouetted 
no one needs to see it I don't even necessarily want to see it (laughs) of yourself while you're pregnant no I 100% document that time yeah amazing it's life-changing I'm not against that but you know I've seen we've got I think we're just getting too caught up in this life of are we doing this for ourselves or are we doing it because half the world does it yeah I've seen some really cringe photos of women who are expecting yeah Mm. they're completely naked holding their bump and then they've got all their other kids kissing their belly or their husband is and they're the only naked person in the picture and you're like this doesn't make sense guys and then they post it on social media and it's just a bit too cringe for my liking Mm. like the first who was that actress who did it first on the magazine cover what's her name Demi Moore Demi Moore that was it her that like she's got the famous pregnancy shoot I'm sure of it the first one who'd done it for a magazine cover and it was like very like oh scandalous like stunning you know I get that but then once like the third fourth fifth six hundredth millionth person has done it then you're just like oh guys yeah yeah I think you just in those moments you just have to check yourself who who are you doing that for yeah um, so I really appreciate the fact that Rihanna came out with something which was far more casual, far mm. more keeping with who they are as people. Like, here's my belly bump, also my vintage puffer Chanel jacket with my Christian Lacroix like jewelry. <laughs> because... So I have a I have a question for you. Yeah. Because for as long as I've known you, uh-huh. you do not like an exposed pregnant stomach. <laughs> <laughs> How did those photos make you feel? No, no, no. I like. I actually liked the photos. So for context, Mim just never used to like if someone wore like a crop top if they're pregnant. You're a bit like, I don't need to see it. Day to day, you're walking down the street, I don't need to see your pregnant belly. I think like, I think it really depends on how people style it. Mm. I don't feel that strongly anymore about it. Okay. But, I mean... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it really depends on how it's styled and what you're wearing and all of that. That's my, that's my view on it. Sometimes, I think my problem is like, sometimes these images can come off really corny as Mm. elegant and like really beautiful. That's kind of my overall opinion about them. But yeah, if you're, if you're pregnant, take, take all the photos but I um I quite like the styling, despite it being like minus ten degrees mm. in New York City. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I mean, <laughs> when I saw the images, I thought um they were a little bit heavier on the photoshopping on her face, or the tweaking, or the filter. Really, I didn't really clock that, but but to be honest, I just didn't know she just had loads of makeup on type of a situation. But what it just reminded me, the pictures, I don't know if you know that TikTok trend of like, oh, she looks great and he's there. <laughs> and that's, I don't know what he was wearing. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what he was wearing. I, no, but like, but so was she. No. But no. I just, she is the queen. And I think it was even, I saw an article where it's like, billionaire, Rihanna business mogul singer la 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 actress and her boy um, and her boyfriend 
ASAP musician. (laughs) Um, But I, I mean, I don't really know how I feel about the relationship, but very exciting. And also... I think that often, and I'm sure she will if she does any more public appearances, I think when someone as cool as Rihanna shows that you don't have to style a pregnancy, don't go walking around with your bellies out just in the freezing cold. But I imagine she'll style herself not in maternity wear because maternity wear sucks. Mm-hmm. And if you're already sort of feeling a bit not yourself because your body's changed, the last thing you then want to do is wear clothes that you wouldn't normally wear. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. want to kind of have, be able to style yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like the same person to some extent. Yeah. 100%. And I think maybe that's why I liked this. Mm. Um, you don't have to come out in a, like a crown. <laughs> you know how these pregnancy photos, they're like, I'm the legal queen. With their hair, like, covering over their boobs like a mermaid yes (laughs) um but yeah I thought it was cool and it's an end of an era isn't it it's like you know when like Janet and you're like Janet Janet's a mum now yeah (laughs) it also means that there's no new music coming soon interrupt this broadcast to say go follow us on instagram our handle is at starloves of substance pod there you'll find our weekly fashion topics all the stuff that we discuss in each episode and our polls or reach out to us at style over substance podcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories We also have a YouTube channel, Style Over Substance Podcast, if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there. Back to the episode. This week, we're going to talk about creative directors, what it means to be a creative director, what they do. And kind of just all things creative directors. Yeah, creative directors, the role is so larger than life. Um, In the big fashion houses, the creative directors are the celebs of the brand Mm -hmm. and they embody the brand to some extent. Um, And there's such a mysterious role, I think, as well. You know, a lot of like the fashion greats, were the creative directors of the brands. And um, recently, sadly, over the past few years, a lot of the big name designers have passed away. Um, But also, when we talk about creative directors, whether they're alive now or they've since passed, like since their heyday, um, the role seems really incestuous within like the upper levels of the fashion industry because you get the same designer jumping from brand to brand to brand and or in some cases the same designer holding multiple roles at the same time for decades and it it's a very like 
seemingly a very tight-knit group of people who occupy all these jobs Mm. and um yeah there's a lot to discuss really about the mysterious and glamorous role of being a creative director yeah definitely so quote unquote what a a creative director does for those who don't know is they oversee the design and aesthetics of a brand traditionally it was with a focus on product but we are seeing in more recent years that it is putting maybe being the presence of the brand maybe being in charge as well of the marketing but also being that public face and I think more regu- more recently we're seeing people arguably younger more of a social following and they have so much more to bring to the brand th- than just their um just their skill and their just like- their design skills yeah yeah I agree I think the role of a creative director when I think of it is that you have to be all in yeah. all the time you have to have such a clear vision for everything as you said like marketing product um, social media who's going to be representing the brand but I just get the impression that you can never switch off you have to be here there and everywhere and then maybe I think maybe the first jumping off point for us could be when we have designers like Kim Jones, like Karl Lagerfeld, who have been creative directors of multiple brands at the same time, mm-hmm. even like uh, J.W. Anderson, who's creative director of his own named brand, and Loewe, and I just think, how do you do it all? Yeah. I mean, I think you've obviously got to have a great team, mm. but... I so for anyone who doesn't know when Carl was alive RIP um love him he was the creative director at one point of Chanel Mm -hmm. Fendi and Carl Lagerfeld his own label he did women's at Fendi yeah women's sure and fur or something like that yeah but still to me that sounds mental because I mean the last company I worked at the creative director's schedule was already impossible to get a meeting in because obviously there's the marketing stuff the merchandising the design for shoes bags couture um embroidery client meetings and then also just mainline Mm, yeah imagine having that I guess he wouldn't necessarily would they host those meetings I don't know would Carl I think he was quite hands-on um because at the end of the day your name is on that on the chopping block essentially yeah you have to like don't get me wrong these designers you might not like their designs or you might be massive fans of them but there's no didn't, there's no like question in my mind that they're putting in the work and the hours mm. and I think you have to be going to the meetings 
and you have to be like signing off everything you might not be designing everything but you no, no no yeah, yeah um and it's not like maybe just like putting your name up as like yeah I'm the creative director or I'm the CEO or whatever and not doing the actual work that's involved in it um so yeah for sure I believe that they did a, a lot of work for mm. these brands and you know what genuinely when we talk about that fashion industry and like drug use and you know when you think of like typical 90s like yeah era um and like really skinny models and like a lot of you know sex drugs rock and roll sort of image I'm not surprised because the amount of energy you have to be you have to have to do all this work I'd be like snorting coke in the bathroom as well. <laughs> That's the quote of the podcast right there. Well, it's true. <laughs> but um, what's your thoughts on it being a really incestuous industry in that designers hop from brand to brand to brand? And then when you factor in things like most brands are owned by most of the biggest brands are owned by LVMH and they might leave one brand and just go to another one. Mm. Like for, like we've said, Eddie Sliman or like Kim Jones has done. Yeah. What's your thought on that? So my, my first sort of approach is for other creatives who aspire to do that job. Mm. It's got to be pretty demoralizing because you're either in the club or you're not. It probably feels a lot like a private members club. And the people we're talking about, as you said, were really hard. So it's not like it's not deserved. But I think if I were aspiring to be that role, I would be really demoralized that you just are either in favor or you're not. And these aren't really jobs that easily get advertised. And of course you have, you sign up sort of with a recruiter or something anyway, Mm -hmm. but the reality is because, I mean, I can't think maybe at least last year we talked about how there are really probably between five and 10 groups that own all of fashion. Mm -hmm. So if you're not in one of those groups, Mm The jobs probably get passed around, like you said, to similar people. Yeah. Um, and it's that's got to be really difficult. But then I also think you don't want to be giving out a role to someone who can't do it. It's a really challenging role. And I loved Raph Simmons' collection for Dior. It's one of my favorite Dior collections they've ever done, his couture collection. But I wouldn't mind betting he couldn't handle that role at Dior. Yeah, but I think that that can be down to a number of things. So he, I think maybe he just didn't gel Mm. what the brand were after in a creative director. And sometimes just it's a cultural clash. Yeah. Not more than that. But going back to your last point, saying that some people, um, because it's such a huge role, they want to be sure that the person who takes on that role can do the job. Mm. The argument could be had, would you give the role to someone who's already got the 
got a similar job and give them two no (laughs) two jobs or is it better to give someone who's fresh that one job because they can devote all their time to it I would definitely want just one person to do it and actually correct me if I'm wrong I don't think there is anyone now juggling really multiple I know you said obviously with J.W. Anderson but there's nothing like the leagues of when Carl used to do it. No, but Kim is doing Fendi women's and couture as well as uh, uh, men's Dior. Okay. Um, but I think Kim might be like sort of the last of that of that type. For yeah. I, I, There are a few. At one point, it was just everyone did it. Like Mark Jacobs would be at Mark Jacobs, but also... Um, at Louis V, Tom Ford was also, you know, at Gu- was he at Gucci? Was it yeah. Gucci at the same time as Tom Ford? Like his own brand. I think he did something else as well as Tom Ford. I can't think. Um, but like, I think that used to kind of be part and parcel. And I think we're sort of learning that that's probably not best. Mm. I think if someone wanted to get the best out of me, that definitely wouldn't be the right way is to give me multiple things to be in charge of. Um, But also I do do think the roles probably got larger Mm. and don't get me wrong, Carl did a lot, Mm -hmm. but the role has got larger with the emergence of social media. This person not only is overlooking, do all the collections work? Does the show fit what we want it to be? Are the people that we are asking to advertise fitting? Are they promoting the right products? There are now things like advent calendars. All of this stuff has to be overseen by this creative director. Um, Like, if you think about it, only about 10 years ago, we weren't buying designer phone cases. No. AirPods, as well as... Like this, like trainers. We weren't but like designer trainers weren't, mm. you know. Um designer trainers were Nike or Adidas, you know. You know, by um casual wear, like sports mm. brands, which weren't categories before. Um so yeah, there's those the categories you're talking about as well are like they're probably not the fun things to design, mm-hmm. but they might be those little money makers yeah. that you just need to do. Yeah, they still need to have sign off. Yeah, they still need to be overseen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 a big job for sure. I think the reason why um, brands maybe hire designers who have worked at other big brands or hire designers who currently have another job on at the moment is because. They're trying, they're trying to like all do their business strategy in the same way. Mm. So they're all doing logo mania at the same time, or they're all doing sportswear at the same time. They're all they're seeing what's selling and what's working at the moment. And all these brands are jumping onto that. And they just want to go with someone who they know has performed and brought in money as opposed to the likes of someone like hiring someone like Thierry Mugler, who is going to like design something 
that you're never going to wear to the supermarket, like go in the supermarket in something that's really out there and like simply for the fashion and for the design and the, the concept and all that. They're not going to choose someone like that. They want to go with someone who's proven to bring in money on the basics, on the small leather goods, on the T-shirts, on... Yeah, so they're, I think they play it safe by choosing from the same pool of designers. Yeah, for sure. And also, think of how many creatives there must be in the fashion industry. We only know the names of a handful because for whatever reason, those are the people to deemed to be hot or not, whatever it is. And fashion plays on that. And so, yeah, I wouldn't mind betting that there's an element of, well, like, I mean, think top names, there's still top names that were juggling stuff with Mark Jacobs, Tom Ford, Carl. You don't know many names from that era Mm -hmm. that aren't them. Mm -hmm. And it's similar now. There's only sort of the handful of the top 10 brand names that you might know. And then other than that, you don't really know anyone else. Mm. Um, And there's probably a reason for that. Um, And also, I definitely think there's the rise of hiring a creative director who already brings a profile. So we have seen that with Kim Jones for Dior. Alessandra, I'm going to butcher names, Alessandra Michelle at Gucci, Matt Williams at Givenchy, mm. Olivia Ross, Rustique. How do you say it? Oh, Olivia Rustig. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, um, Balma. Yeah, Balma. But again, like, so he was the, he helped them pass, be the first fashion label to pass a million followers on Instagram. Mm. You know, because he is friends with all the Kardashians. He brings a persona. He is already a personality. And we live in that world now. We want the names that I said earlier of um, Tom and all of that stuff. They're, They're personalities. They're personas that we all love to follow. And that is the kind of people we are, right? We like these people that we can follow. Yeah, that's so true, because you know what? As much as people love Carl, he was really about, like, the art of mm. thing. Like, I don't really remember seeing a lot of information put out there about his personal life. Yeah. Person, him in interviews, that wasn't a thing. Now, we have so much access to these people. Like, we all, like... We kind of all like Tom Ford because he's a very particular personality. Mm. He in himself is an interesting character. As you said with Olivier, he's like, he's a guy on social media. Yeah. We get a glimpse of him as well. And I think we kind of like, as consumers, we demand that as well. It's not like with Phoebe Philo, as you said, there's a handful of names that we know. And we know Phoebe Philo is one of them. And so... Everyone was like, when she left um, Celine, everyone was like, oh, she needs to start her own thing. She needs to start her own thing. This brand needs to hire her. This brand needs to hire her. Like, we as consumers are almost encouraging this level of, like, nepotism. Mm. Because we want to see the same people 
designing the same things and if they and if they leave one brand we're like where are they they need to be doing something else someone else needs to hire them so it's not just like the brand who's necessarily um all just like hiring from the same pool fashion fans you know are demanding that as well yeah I think that's so true because you fall in love with what that person did for the brand Mm -hmm. so as I said earlier I loved that couture collection for Raph probably didn't follow him loads before then so I will always I will always have a soft spot for him I will always check in on what he's doing and you know had Carl left Chanel we would have all followed what he was doing and we were also invested on who replaced him Mm. and it's it's always that that appointment after somebody is great we're invested in and we're holding them to that standard and I think it it's a bit like sport where you're sort of watching these people move around I get I guess like you know player transfers to other teams it is our way of not just having an allegiance say if your brand is Gucci that's the only place you buy your stuff from because you love that brand it doesn't really have like you can just love what someone does for that brand and you sort of follow them and it creates a, a greater buzz and maybe that's why it happens because it creates like a fashion journey for users who maybe wouldn't necessarily have followed or gone to that brand. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've got another question. Okay. So we've spoken about, you know, wildly successful creators mm-hmm. who have been at the top of their game for the biggest brands in the world. Now, I think Victoria Beckham is an interesting one. Yeah. Victoria Beckham owns her own label, Victoria Beckham, and she is the creative director, as far as I know. I think so, yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of rumours over the past, what, 10 years or whatever, that financially her label struggles and that her husband, David Beckham, footballer, kind of financially keeps the business afloat. Mm-hmm. Um What's your thoughts on her as a creative director? And do you think what well, was her first off? She, at the time, she was a spy, she was known as a spice girl when she started her label. She was not really taken seriously as a designer. And if this weren't her own brand, she would have been fired a long time ago because the success of the brand is directly correlates to your success as a creative director. Yeah, what what are your views on Victoria Beckham? So I love Victoria Beckham. Um, my mum loves to hate her because that was the culture at one point. We all love to sneer at her with her like really fake tan, big boobs, weird fashion choices. So for her to go into fashion felt crazy. Yeah. I personally think she's like earned, earned her fashion stripes in my book. Mm-hmm. I think her aesthetic is actually really nice. Mm-hmm. I think her style is great. And she now personifies the style of her brand, all of that. Um, Yeah, I guess, obviously, if she was at the front of Fendi and it wasn't performing, there would have to be, I guess it's again like football. If your team's not winning, the manager gets fired. Mm 
Mm-hmm. However, players still need to perform. So I don't know if it's just her fault. I mean, she is the correlation in all of this in the last 10 years. But is it just her fault that the brand's not succeeding? Should someone be having some harder conversations with her? I actually think she's removing the main line and they're only going forward with the fusion from now on, which is probably more cost effective and therefore probably more lucrative in terms of I don't know, it's really difficult. I, I remember I had a real resentment with Stella McCartney at one point because I thought equally she, her brand probably wasn't super successful but was able to be kept alive. Yeah, we'll get on to her. <laughs> <laughs> but also having been on the inside, I know how hard it is to keep it financially alive. Yeah. Um, it's a really, I'm amazed many, as many companies still exist as they do. I don't know, it's a tough one because equally that's I feel like I, I actually also worked for a brand where that very much was the case at one point where money was being pumped in to save it. Actually, I've had that uh, numerous times. Um and I don't know if that's fair. Mm-hmm. Because say if I started a brand tomorrow, I don't have that behind me. So it means that my brand can't ever be as successful from the get-go because of that. Yeah. But that's life. So yeah. what do you think about Phoebe? You mean Victoria? Mm, Phoebe. Huh? Phoebe, Victoria Beckham. Oh, VB. Oh, I'm using Phoebe. No, VB. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. I actually, I think you're right. She designed... I actually think she's like... A really funny, cool person too. Yeah. Designs clothes that look comfortable. They look like stuff you could wear for lots of years, but they look mature, but fun, but classy. Yeah. She's done a really good job to like where she's positioned what Victoria Beckham brand kind of means and and stuff. And I would, if I had her money, I would probably buy stuff from Victoria Beckham. Um, I am surprised that as a former Spice Girl, she doesn't gift and like, she doesn't like call on her famous friends to be wearing her stuff all the time and promoting her stuff all the time. Um, I might be wrong. I'm sure they gift stuff out to people and whatnot, but I thought she'd be doing it. I've never really seen it on social. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would be expecting everyone on loose women to be <laughs> to be wearing like Victoria Beckham. Everyone on like ITV. Everyone on like BBC. You know what I mean? Like no, but some of our like the biggest names mm. in TV to be wearing her stuff on their social media. Um, all her like Hollywood friends, because everyone knows and loves David. You know, you know yeah. You. Um, I just thought that she could have been like an Olivier, whereas she had lots of followers on social media. People follow her because she's a Spice Girl as well, and it would have. And because she posts some juicy pictures of her husband sometimes. and like, <laughs> I, yeah, I thought she could have made it work. I think another thing when you were mentioning about it takes a lot of money 
to make these brands work and stay financially afloat. And that's right. It's it's if you're like um a small brand, then you can do everything on the cheap. Mm. If your brand is centered around luxury and being high end, you have to fake it to make it. You have to create the illusion of opulence and wealth and all of that in the marketing and in your shows and everything so you have to pump a lot of money into it for it to even be considered a luxury brand yeah that's what's tricky um but yeah I thought that it that it could be a far more popular and mainstream label than it is yeah, and I would go as far to say that I can think of off the top of my head, her brand is probably the thing I would most likely wear day to day of any brand mm. because her her clothes are quite approachable. Mm. They're very they, they're quite timeless. All of the rest of it, but anyway, mm. love her, love her. Maybe it's too expensive. I mean, I don't know how much stuff is from there, and actually. I do have, I don't know if this is really cheeky. I'm actually currently doing it. I saw, I'm not sure where the jumper's from. And maybe if I'm proud of it enough, we, we can do a <laughs> Scarlet's version and the original. I saw it. I saw this jumper. Oh, it's not who made it best. It's, it's a carbon copy, essentially. Um, I saw this jumper, really liked it. I was like, I can knit that. So I am. It was £600. I'm knitting it. Granted, like I've spent decent money on yarn, but not six hundred pounds. Um, and there is a Victoria Beckham jumper that I want to do the same with. So maybe I am a tout or (laughs) whatever it is. Um, what is it when someone sells copies? Uh, you're just a fraud, mate. Yeah, I'm a knitting fraud for. high fashion so um let's move on to Stella what are your thoughts on her well Stella McCartney really because she's got a famous father she was afforded a career in the upper echelons of fashion because of her father's connection Mm -hmm. not to say that I don't like her stuff I'm not the biggest fan you know of like the bags, I'm not the biggest fan. I've seen that she's put, she's, you know, designed some nice clothes, but yeah, she like, she has definitely a hundred percent benefited from this, like being on the inside and enjoying that nepotism and being part of the in crowd from very young. Like before she'd even graduated from uni, I think she'd been offered a job at was it Celine or Chloe? One Chloe. Of them. And um, so, yeah, that's, that is uh, an example of how, how like, how the industry can be incestuous in like a bad way. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind betting. So she was very ahead of her time for wanting to be, do the vegan, no leather thing. Mm-hmm. But I also think she was almost too ahead that had her dad not been Paul, 
she would have gone bust before we're now in this surge of people realizing much more about animal welfare veganism she would have been gone in the dust yeah and so I think yeah it is that fortune but it's I guess it's like anything and I remember when I first started interning and we've discussed this before Mm. where someone almost like said to me you know fashion is a wealthy person's privilege because it starts with interning Mm -hmm. you can't afford that if you're having to rent somewhere whatever all of that stuff it's then such an expensive thing to keep it going you really do need a lot of financial backing so unless you have that your kind of time is up pretty quickly and to stay around in it and even in this thing now the stuff you've got to pump into marketing and I really I really hated that it's very much a a people you know business it's all about the people that you know networking all of that stuff I hate that I don't think that seems fair that if you don't know somebody you're not going to get as far but it is so like that um I think that's because and I'm not saying it's a good thing but because it's such a creative industry it's not down to necessarily your qualifications mm. oh I, I I have this certificate and this certificate. yeah it's a creative industry so everyone in the industry are like freelancers in a sense it's that sort of fluid sort of career um that knowing people is how you get along you know, it's not like the law profession where mm. you have to pass certain qualifications. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say about Stella McCartney though, she's found her niche. Well, in my opinion, I think her niche is in her sportswear with Adidas. I think she does some really cool, yeah, workout stuff. Um, but even now so she benefits from her connection to the Beatles right now she has a kids Stella McCartney kids and Beatles collab where they've got Mm. print and stuff on kids clothes um I don't know how the other members of the Beatles feel about it but they must be getting their commission as well (laughs) their royalties as well so maybe they're happy about it yeah like very much so she's used that connection to the music and even she had a collaboration with um, uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. So, so I think that I think that Victoria Beckham has probably tried to push this away when you've said, why doesn't she? Mm. I think her game plan has sort of been to not rope in her friends, yeah. not, um, you know, the only time you ever really see them amongst it, her family, is at her shows. Um, and only till recently when she launched her beauty in the last sort of two years, she has referenced being a Spice Girl. Mm. She sort of didn't early on, and I think she did some charity shirts that maybe were to do with her being a posh Spice. But she's... Didn't huh? Spice Girl, she kind of got bullied for it. Oh, for sure. But, and obviously now this is the resurgence where they've had successful comeback tours. And also people have made their peace that she's not part of it and all the rest of it we now don't sort of cloud her with being the bad singer who just sort of posed 
she's earned her credits in this way way more than sort of almost as a spice girl now but her, her lipsticks are called like posh lipsticks and stuff like that she's used that name one of the lipsticks is called spice all of this stuff which i think is a really nice full circle sort of homage but she's very reluctant to use that connection and i sort of really respect that like because obviously we're then saying like oh you know oh yeah stella you're having that beatles it's it's a really fine line i think it's different when you use your past success to transition very, to- yeah very true than your dad's yeah so, very true yeah um what are your thoughts about creative directors or sorry when there's two creative directors co-directing at the same time like with Prada um and oh there's another brand I can't remember at the moment um yeah what's your view in working with another person um I don't know if I could do that because but I, th- I guess you have to remember that unless it's your own brand, but then if you've set up a brand with someone else, you have decided to have sort of the same the same goal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you come to a harmonious decision. I don't know. I think it would be really difficult because aesthetic and taste is so personal. Mm-hmm. What I think is a nice colour or a nice shade of red is not necessarily your favourite. And no one's right, but someone's got to be right or someone's got to decide. And if you don't sort of necessarily aren't in tune with that, I can imagine I would find that really difficult. However, one of my favourite, I don't actually know if they're still going, Peter Peloto, which is two people, they were really big on print I around don't... a similar time to Mary Catron so who again I don't know if she's doing much anymore but I loved them and whatever they were doing worked well I thought oh, they were so... I love print I, I always have loved print because I'm really scared of it and I love when people show how you can do it really well mm. um so yeah I think it works well in points but I think that's got to be really tough yeah. and then they, I guess what the irony is some places need two but like Karl Lagerfeld can be it for three places <laughs> yeah. yeah wild isn't it it's a funny one would you want to share that job mm, no. no yeah how do you how yeah how do you design a collection with someone Unless you, unless you like completely divvy up the responsibility, like you're in charge of all the promotional video and imaging, mm. and I'm in. I think it would have to be. Yeah, and I think also when there's two of them, although there aren't many creative director duos out there really, but I think when there's two of them, you're less likely to remember them. As like a consumer, mm. like the larger than life personalities. But when you have two creative directors, they almost fade into the background. Like no one really cares. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so that. So true. One. Yeah. How do you how do you forge a career for yourself 
in the most selfish way possible, a career that in which people will remember you and appreciate you for your talents when you're sharing the spotlight with someone else. Mm. Yeah. And then what do you, when you go on to maybe another venture, mm. is that always as a double act? Are you always can be Ant and Deck? Yeah. When do you like say, okay, I'm, I'm done with this now. I'm going where I'm Yeah. Right. I just think it makes things harder. And also when your head is the forefront of a brand granted shared or not I don't want to have to be politely going I call, I made the decision on that red so you can make the decision on this I don't want to have to be appeasing that when it's essentially quite important because otherwise if the brand doesn't succeed and I'm like well I didn't I didn't like that mm. it just I think you've got to if in this role that is so time consuming all encompassing you want to know that every you've given it your all and everything that you believe is is there yeah you don't want to resent the other person like well if we'd done it my way then it would yeah 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 sure when the bad reviews come in (laughs) do you think you'd still want to be a creative director sometime in your life having you know having been having designed for accessories I don't know I've I the last few weeks I've had a real little twinge of I could I could create I could create I could create something I could I could start something but I actually don't think I would enjoy that I think it's I think it's really hard wearing that many hats Mm -hmm. I think that it it's it would be really stressful and I don't think it would be harmonious with the life that I also want it's it's that thing of I want a successful thing and that would be amazing it's it's the top accolade yeah but the price that comes at is never having a plan of your day control of your day um and probably get getting in past sort of never eating breakfast or dinner in your own home Mm -mm -mm. and I think that the way we see work has shifted it's totally changed since the pandemic and I think that's a really wonderful thing yeah I think it's great I think I I was in bed this morning on TikTok and I was watching this guy's like his different videos and he worked a corporate job and I think a couple of years ago, he quit, moved back in with his mum. And now he does, you know, everyone's work from home sort of thing. And he works, did a similar thing, but in a different industry. And he was like talking in a way that like, he doesn't really care about his job role. As long as he makes good money mm. and he can piss about at home and get paid for this hybrid flexible working scenario that we were all kind of doing in some way shape or form then like he's cool with that and before he used to be about climbing that corporate ladder and now mm. he doesn't care so much about it and I feel the same way <laughs> yeah well because- me enough and I can stay at home then that's all that really matters for a lot of us also couple that with the fact that Working in fashion, there's many different ways to skin a cat. 
you don't have to go through the like traditional route of being mm. a director because now you can be a creative director in a number of different ways and yeah and actually it is a role that yeah I think you could essentially you could be creative director of any company um it's often maybe just disguised or called maybe a brand manager or it might more be like the marketing manager somewhere I don't know but like even a law firm you have a persona you want to be seen as you have your brand values that is also the a creative aspect that um I don't know I think um I think there's lots of different ways and actually it's it's finding that fine balance but I think what what's a really interesting thing about being a creative director is that it's not only creative but it's business-based and those are two things that have always very much interested me but I don't know life's too short to not be able to enjoy the hard work that you put in you know I don't want to work all those hours to have all these things that I can't enjoy there's a lot of burnout yeah and I I actually think it's quite worrying that Oliver or Olivier Bauman I'm not going to try a surname now um got appointed at 24 creative director at Bauman where the hell do you go from there you stay there and you become the Carl of Bauman you single-handedly revive until you can't or until you burn out or until you get cancelled these days like but but that's really young to succeed the top position crying a river no no I know but but these people are people who you know like I don't know if you've seen that latest uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie on Netflix he got paid 35 million for that on Don't Look Up yeah So he's, and like, you you don't need that. You don't need any more money than that in this life. So what's he doing it for? He's doing it because he likes it. So you're not just always doing it. These people are workaholics. Mm-hmm. So Olivier does, isn't just doing it. Like he will want to keep doing this type of, a, it's, it's crazy. And what you said about being workaholic, there's also an element of if, say if I were Olivier, yeah, I've made all this money. Yeah, I've got all these adoring fans who love my work, who love the brand. I'm like, I'm at the pinnacle of my career. But if I stop and if I give up or I resign, I'm going to get replaced. Mm. And then if I don't do it, someone else will sort of thing. So you've got to keep running that treadmill. And because you, you want to be at the top of the game, don't you? Yeah you've always aspired to do and even though it's hard work it's long hours it's all of those things it is also glamorous but it's hard work but then yeah. alternative sitting in your like penthouse apartment all day and like walking through the Champs-Élysées you know every Thursday and then getting mm-hmm. and that's it like <laughs> I know my cousin once said to me it like it it doesn't really matter what car you drive to work in. You're still sat in the same traffic. Yeah. You know, whether it is like whatever car it is. Yes. Okay. One car might be a bit more comfortable, but you're still sat in the same traffic as everyone else. 
that's why everyone in London takes the tube, whether you're rich, yeah. thinking rich or not, because it's like, but like, but or, but regard, like wherever you go, yeah, you're still in in that same situation. Mm-hmm. You still, if it's a three hour car journey, you're still having to sit in a car for three hours. It doesn't take that journey away or whatever, which is very true. Yeah, yeah, we are like all human regardless of how glamorous our lifestyles are Mm -hmm. and um I think it is nice to know that a lot of these designers actually you know they do put in the work it's a tough job yeah it's not just like you know with music for the most part you can be a pretty shit singer and they'll slap an auto-tune on you Mm -hmm. like as long as you look good in outfits and whatnot you can be a massive star with yeah. talent. There's a lot of skill that goes into being a fully fledged creative director. Yeah. Whether people appreciate your designs or not, it's still a tough gig. And For sure. Yeah. Would you want to be one? Um, yeah. I'd like to be <laughs> I'd like to experience. I want to be able to work from home, but <laughs> everyone will have to come to me. <laughs> I'll do it for a couple of years. Um, there are also brands that don't have creative directors, and that's a, yeah. whole, different, a whole different thing. But yeah, got anything else you want to add? No. What do you think our poll should be this week? Oh, our trusty poll. Um, who's your favourite creative director of all time? Yes. We've seen a number of greats die recently. Yeah. Um, a special mention, we mentioned him earlier in the podcast, Thierry Mugler. For sure. Um, yeah, and it'd be nice to see who your faves are. Um, yeah. Also, it's, it's uh, quite funny that well, it's not, it's not funny, but again, another TikTok reference because <laughs> because such is life these days. That's yeah. Um, I was watching a funny one, and this guy was saying that he's seen a lot of tributes to Thierry Mugler on TikTok by like Gen Zers. Yeah, mm. they've been using images that are not Thierry Mugler's work; they're just Mugler, like you know, like the body suits now and the current. Yeah of Mugler and actually not using reference images that was stuff that Thierry designed it's like mm, that's funny that's cool. that funny classic <laughs> but yeah that'll, that'll be our poll so we'll have it on a reddit our reddit forum and also of course on instagram on spotify and also on spotify yeah <laughs> well thanks again for tuning in to another episode of style over substance guys don't forget to check out our instagram or spotify to respond to this week's poll bye
when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.